Hello and welcome to the Jonathan Bell Show. This is a show documenting my journey after quitting my 9 to 5 job to pursue a career as a creative. Thank you for tuning in. What's up folks? Welcome to another show. Uh, Today I have another interview. I have Carl Olson on the phone. Carl, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Jonathan. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for wanting to come on and be on the show. I appreciate it. Oh, pleasure. Uh, pleasure is all mine there. You are a RPG blogger, and you focus a lot on D&D. For people that don't know what those uh, acronyms are, can you... I mean, not acronyms, but for people that don't know what RPG and D&D mean, can you go into a little bit about that? Well, I mean... A little bit of brief detail, yeah, sure. Um, RPG, role-playing games, you know, um, but not just like the computer role-playing game styles, not like your Final Fantasy games or stuff like that, more uh, tabletop, pen and paper role-playing games. And then uh, D&D, you know, being Dungeons and Dragons, one of the uh, one of the first or the earliest role-playing games published in the 70s, now owned by Wizards of the Coast and... I mean, for people who know RPGs, who have heard of them before and everything, it's usually the game that they think of. Uh, you hear it from Stranger Things, you know, TV show. Um, other, there's a handful of other references in, I think, Parks and Recreations, maybe? I don't know, something like that. You know, it, it's it's funny that you, have, that you have to mention that, because when I think <laughs> of D&D, like, I think of... The first thing that comes to my mind is not Stranger Things or Parks and Recreation, although I get the reference that you're saying. But it's funny right. how, how that's come such a long way that it's now incorporated into something completely mainstream, whereas before it was something you would kind of just uh, roll your eyes about if you weren't really into it. You know what I mean? No, I, I do know what you mean. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm uh, approaching 40 now, so I wasn't playing the game when it first came out, but my brothers were. Um, so I, I understand the generational shift, you know, decade by decade, how people viewed the game in the past and how they viewed it in the 90s and the 2000s and now, you know. Yeah, I'm always think of that uh, community episode where they where they have a couple episodes where they play uh, a D&D type game. I don't know if you've ever seen those uh, that show Community. I- I haven't. I've heard about the references and everything, but I haven't gotten around to actually watching any of the shows. Uh, I'll be honest with you, though. I don't know that I would really want to. Uh. <laughs> it's it's pretty good. But you're so you're a RPG blogger. So what 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 exactly do you blog about? Well, okay. So my my site is focused on a couple of key things. Uh, just kind of like this core tenants, you might say, that help me to keep my writing focused. Um, the first is Dungeons & Dragons, because that's my game of choice. Um, so I prefer writing about D&D, um, talking about my own setting, about my own rules. Uh, I do a lot of house rules. So like, I don't use the official published version of D&D anymore, because I, I've grown disillusioned with it. I don't really care for um, the fact that it's so limited, that it doesn't have enough rules for the kind of game that I want to run, it doesn't help me to run the game that I want to run. So I have to do a lot of work on my own to design my own game. And that's one of the things that the blog helps me do, focus my thoughts on 
you know, challenges that I'm facing and trying to make rules and trying to run the game. And it lets me air those thoughts out and, and people can come in and comment and say, hey, that's a great idea. And well, you're totally off track about this and stuff like that. So how long uh, does it take you to, to, to finish a... For some, for people that don't know, and I'll be one of those people. So, when you when you say when you talk about writing and D and D, so pretty much you make up a whole. I want to say the word quest. Is that what's going on here? Well, so that's that's an interesting topic right there because the um, the conventional understanding in online D and D circles is that yes, the dungeon master or the game master. DM or GM, depending on your preference, is responsible for making adventures or quests or stories. Um, that's the conventional understanding, but my take on it is I'm responsible for making the world, and my players are responsible for finding the adventure that they want to play. Okay, so instead of, so what I just said would be like you making one story, and what you're saying is you're making the whole middle earth so to speak right kind of i mean the scope is going to vary you know when i was just starting as a you know a kid in high school i absolutely ran adventures because that's all that i needed to do and later when i tried to get away from doing structured adventures and and i tried to do a world where my players could just go and do whatever they wanted i had to limit myself so I couldn't do a whole world at one time. I had to do like one country or one continent. Uh, um, and then over the years, because I just, I save the material that I have and I build upon it and everything like that. Over the years, it's gotten bigger and bigger to the point where I'm almost <laughs> able to run a world, but not quite because a world is really big. <laughs> it's a long-term goal of what it is. Uh, okay. So what what's some of the things that, um, I guess I should ask for people that want to get into this. What are some of the things that help you write your quest or your worlds? Oh, geez. Um, consume as much media as you can. I mean, <laughs> read other people's stories, uh, watch TV, uh, learn about the real world, um, documentaries or fiction. doesn't really matter. I mean, I personally, I say watch and read as much nonfiction as you can, um, because the more you know about how the real world works, the better equipped you are to describe a fantasy world to your players. Uh, you know, we, can, we can talk about, like, alien worlds and green-skinned slime creatures and say what, what their experiences might be, and we can try to pretend, but ultimately our experiences are limited by the fact that we're human. Right. We're always going to view fantasy through the lens of our own existence. So the more you know about what it means to be human and to live in this world, the better equipped you are to fantasize and come up with new stuff. That makes sense. How how long do your quests uh, usually run? Well, so so right now I am in between games. Um, my situation in life hasn't really allowed me to run a regular game. Uh, in the past, when I've run, like back in college, um, they would run as long as the players wanted them to. You know, I had one world that was basically continuous from my time in high school through to um, working in the job market, through to going to college and joining the National Guard and stuff like that. Um, 
the world itself was continuous, but the players would change. People would come and go, and we'd add new characters and move to different parts of the world and stuff like that. So, I mean, to not answer your question, <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, basically, there's there's no end to it. The end is only determined by the goals that the players set for themselves or by the circumstances of real life that force us to say, yeah, I think we got to bring this game to a close now. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, that kind of makes sense a little bit to me. Uh, I'm also seeing that you're a philosopher, right? So do you incorporate the two things together at all, or do you keep them pretty much separately? Oh, no. The, the philosophical bent is a core aspect of uh, my world, my game, uh, and my writing. So the other thing that I focus on my website is uh, is on philosophy, is on language and communication, um, but also how we play games, how we interact with each other. And that's, an, and that's a core element of the world that I run, too, because, okay, so this is this is getting in a little bit deep and everything, but... We got time. Just lay it on us. Dungeons, <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons in the, uh, the 70s and 80s it had an explosion, a publication explosion. They put out a whole bunch of different campaign settings, and a campaign setting is basically just a world wherein you know you decide what adventures people are going to play and stuff like that. One of those settings is a place called Planescape, and Planescape is basically what if we take a real world philosophy and we try to turn it into a fantasy setting, and so. It's really kind of weird, <laughs> but if you're if you're interested in philosophy um, or religion or morality, and you're interested in playing in a game world that explores those concepts, Planescape is really cool. All right, so what's a core example of that? Uh, so one example would be let's see now, um, Heaven and Hell. So the the outer planes in Dungeons and Dragons are basically the equivalent of the afterlife or our concept of the afterlife. Uh, the question is, what happens to your character when they die? Okay, your character dies. The, it's a fantasy game, so we have spells that allow for resurrection, right? Okay, sure. Mechanically, that lets us bring a character back from the dead. But then the question becomes, well, what did they see when they were on the other side? Where did they go? Did they do anything there? Is there an afterlife? And because it's a fantasy game, the dungeon master and the players can answer these questions, and Planescape tries to answer these questions. Um, so you have one version of the afterlife is Mount Celestia, uh, the seven levels of heaven, or something like that. So it's a place where you can go, and there's all angels, and archons, and balls of light, and all the good gods are there. And you're at the bottom of the mountain, and in order to ascend to the top of the mountain, you have to go through these challenges and test yourself, and stuff like that. The polar opposite of that would be like the abyss. That's an endless, bottomless pit of just level after level of demons and monsters and terrible bad things, and you really don't ever want to go there because if you go there not on purpose, that means that you're a bad person. If you go there on purpose, that means you're on a quest, but they're going to kill you. And it's a terrible place. <laughs> okay, so I, 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 
I see what you're saying then. Um, so when did you get the idea to decide to combine all these three with your world? Or what made you want to start doing to start getting into being a DM or a GM? Oh, that's, that's, a, that's a story that's years in the making right there. Um, when I started playing Dungeons and Dragons the first time was like in the early 90s. And it was because, you know, I was in middle school and a friend of mine came over and said, hey, my brother's having this get together in this party and they need some extra people to play a game. And so do you want to come? And I said, yeah. And we went over, did the sleepover thing. And it was basically like love at first sight because, you know, it's like they hand you the your character sheet, they hand you the dice, and they say, okay, roll this die now, and then we're going to talk about what's happening. Uh, you, you see a shadowy figure at the top of a mountain, and he points at you, and a bolt of lightning shoots out of his fingers, and I'm like, what? What's going on? Why am I on this mountain? I don't understand. Oh, roll the die. Oh, no. And, like, at its core, game, role-playing games, especially Dungeons & Dragons, it's really just like kids playing pretend, but they have some dice and rules so that they can prevent the inevitable arguments, you know? Right. Um, that was in the early 90s. I mean, from there, it just became an activity. It's just a thing that I wanted to do. Get together with friends, uh, go through an adventure, make some characters, tell a story, whatever whatever you know, floats our boat for the moment. But I was in the position where I needed a dungeon master. I didn't always have one. And most of the people that I played with weren't really interested in running the game. They wanted to play. So I said, I'll do it. And then just that opportunity, being in that position, ultimately led to me doing it all the time. Um, because you wanted to or because you just kind of got stuck with it from nobody else wanting? That kind of struck a chord with me when the, nobody else wants to do it. So what you're saying is being the dungeon master is really tedious it seems like or you don't get to play as much as the other people that aren't can you go into that a little bit yeah so like i mean yes and no there are times when i would absolutely love to play a character right um but i guess at the same time before i was even introduced to D, i was interested in being a writer you know i had picked up books like uh lord of the rings chronicles of narnia uh john Crichton. when i think one of the first novels i actually read was jurassic park um, so I've, and my, my family has always had books on bookshelves, just cluttering up the house. You know, we didn't always have a whole lot of money for a lot of stuff, but they knew how to bargain hunt and they knew the value of having a library. So I've always been interested in, um, writing and telling stories. And I guess that, you know, just being a DM was a natural outgrowth of that. I can see how that would make sense, especially if you... We're reading all those, uh, you know, Chronicles of Narnia and Lord of the Rings. That's like the perfect, seems like the perfect combination to try to make a world yourself. And it... Exactly, exactly. There's a lot of crossover there and there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, a young kid to get these crazy fanciful ideas in their head and they want to they write it down and they want to tell people about it, right? Um, and the thing that I discovered is that one of the great ways to tell people about a world is to run a role-playing game. Okay. Now, I want to ask you something else. And you're you're a Christian also, it says here, right? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, do you ever get a lot, I mean, do you incorporate, I mean, I know you gave me the heaven and hell example with the philosophy and everything also, but I know, like, when I was growing up in the 90s and stuff, being Christian, there are a lot of people, for example, like Pokemon, or back then, you know, I think every single parent called it Pokemon. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how it was just really demonized and secular and this, this, and that, so... Did you ever get a lot of flack for wanting to go into this fantasy type world role playing D and D stuff? While oh, absolutely, absolutely, um, I've got two older brothers who were into playing D and D and Magic the Gathering before me. Um, one of them still does it; the other one does not. Uh, but our my mother has always been uncomfortable with it, and. Like, I, I mean, I'm not going to talk bad about my mother, right? You know, I love her. Of course, she's my mom. Um, I understand where she's coming from. But I also understand that she's wrong. And she's coming at it from a point of view that's very common um, among Christians, at least from what I've seen. And it's the view of if you want to avoid sin and temptation, then you need to avoid the things that can lead to that. It's kind of like the gateway drug uh, theory. Right, you stay know, away from that appearance of evil. Stay away from marijuana, right? The right. Well, I mean, it, but the, the reality is that it's a, it's a misunderstanding of the relationships. There's, there's a correlation between people who start with tobacco and marijuana and end up doing harder stuff. There's a correlation, but not a causal link. Same thing, similar thing. The kind of people who were drawn to Dungeons and Dragons and other role-playing games in the late 70s, early 80s, some of them were also drawn towards other types of behavior that were unfortunately destructive. And they were the ones that got bad press. So the game got a bad reputation. But, yeah, so I, I grew up with that kind of attitude in the household. Um... Since then, though, I've, I mean, I learned very quickly that it, it's just an activity. It's just a, it's just a game. No, don't, don't get me wrong. I take games very seriously. <laughs> very seriously. Yeah. Uh, but but you, can, you can play a role-playing game in a healthy, psychologically and spiritually healthy way. Just as you can take spirituality and religion and twist it around and do bad things with it. Uh, we all know that's true, also. Heavy <laughs> yeah. truths, yeah. Heavy truths. <laughs> yeah, for real. Okay, uh, and Carl, one last question I want to ask you. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Well, uh, my site is Crossing the Verse, all one word, crossingtheverse.wordpress.com. Um, that's, of course, where you're going to find me going off about all things Dungeons and Dragons, but also role-playing games. I'll occasionally, you know, go into other topics as well. Um, fair warning, I, I am a very blunt individual, so I fully expect that anyone who comes over there might be like, oh my gosh, this guy's absolutely crazy. Well, yeah, sometimes I can be. <laughs> um, but, you, I mean, people can also find me uh, on Twitter. My handle is Simon T. Vesper. Um if anybody really wants to try to look me up on Facebook, they're welcome to. I can't promise that I'll accept a friend invite, but, you know, I'm there. Carl.r.olson. Although, again, common name, you're going to find a lot of people there. Um, 
and there's a handful of other social media sites as well, but they're not too terribly important. WordPress and Twitter are the ones that I'm mostly focused on these days. All right, so if every if anybody wanted to go look up your uh, RPG blogging, that would be crossingtheverse.wordpress.com. Correct. All right. Well, Carl, I know it's uh, I I really appreciate you wanting to come on and talk about. Well, just be on the show and talk about what you're doing. I appreciate it. Hey, man, I, I, you know what? You're welcome. And thank you very much for the offer, too. All right. Well, I hope you have a good rest of the day. For those of you that don't know, I mean, uh, I'm in Mountain Time. He's in Central Time. So we're doing this at 7, 8 o'clock. Apparently, that's super early for some people. I don't know. It's super early for some people. Yes. Oh, man. But yes, I do appreciate it, Carl. Thank you very much. And thank you again, Jonathan. I appreciate the call. Have a good rest of the day. Right, you too. Right. And that was Carl Olson talking about his uh, RPG D&D. You can find him on the internet at crossingtheverse.wordpress.com. Thank you for tuning in and have a great rest of the day.